0: sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Scott McCrady. With 25 years of experience working in the networking, telecommunications, and information security space, Scott is currently serving as the CEO of Soul Cyber Managed Security Services. Scott has worked with large companies and startups, among them IBM and EDS, where he held security engineer and team leader positions. Previous to Soul Cyber, McCready built the Asia Pacific Japan business at Symantec. He ran the Global Managed ser- uh, Security Service and the semantic and Accenture Joint Venture. Thanks so much for being here today, Scott.
1: Thank you, Diane. Pleasure to be here.
0: I'm thrilled to have you here. We're going to be talking about cybersecurity, which is such a huge topic. And, and I feel like small business owners just put their hands over their ears and hope it'll all go away, uh, <laughs> which it's not going to. Um, so let's start with the top cybersecurity threats that we should be paying attention to and what should we do to protect ourselves against them?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, The not going away. I was talking to someone the other day and uh, I was, uh, I was equating it to like taxes. It's, it's, they're ever present. uh, It needs to be done well and you don't really want to mess it up and it's not It's not something that we all enjoy, but it's just sort of a a nature of the beast that we all live in. And uh, he he thought that was a funny but apt analogy. So when it comes to small business, uh, it's a challenge, right? Because if you're Goldman Sachs or Home Depot, uh, dealing with taxes and regulatory burdens is just sort of a day in the life. And you have specialist people that work at these companies that uh, do it for a living. Small, medium businesses have a completely different model. Uh, because they're really usually in a highly competitive market mm-hmm. it's incredibly challenging for them to win against somebody else who's obviously you know making a similar type solution and so the focus is being on on like the side of competitive situation um, security is very easy to relegate that to the background right and it's uh, one of those things where uh, it's kind of hard to get ahead of it uh, for a lot of uh, you know smaller organizations and so that really starts the where the problem begins. Is this this as you said? You want to sort of put your ears, you know, cover your ears, cover your eyes. And it's it's complete human nature. Like anytime something horrible happens on my side, I'm like, oh, do I really want to deal with this problem? Right. Right. And so, um, you know, to use the tax analogy, right? As you wait until the last minute to take care of it, and you have a forcing function to do it. And security is sort of that way. And so. When it comes to small and medium businesses, the, the biggest challenge is just getting a plan together um, hmm. that is, you know, easy to understand. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but there's this daunting problem or this daunting challenge. I need to get, you know, whatever. I need to sell my house or I need to move or I need to clean a closet or what, whatever is like a daunting. And once you put down the plan of what you need to do, sometimes it becomes much less scary hmm. and much easier to, to, to go oh. You know there's it's only six steps. Those six steps are relatively straightforward. I can do it all myself or I can you know hire somebody to come and help me. It becomes a lot less you know terrifying and a lot less confronting. And so with small media businesses, we really try to start with the let's let's just talk about like that this isn't nearly as daunting of a challenge as it probably seems because you know if you' if your expertise is is building the best SaaS company, then security is probably not something that you're super comfortable with, and uh, so we we start there, Diane, and and that really sort of takes some of this uncertainty and fear away, because the plan is very easy. And when we talk about plans, you know, my background, we've been doing this with you know global one thousands for you know 20, 25 years, and when we started Soul Cyber and just focus on the small medium business, it was really with the what are all the really large companies doing well that we've learned. And how do you take that and synthesize it into something super consumable, really bite-sized? And so when we're talking about a plan, it's not like a uh, Accenture. Here's your security, <laughs> your thousand page security transformation uh, project. It's really like the, if you do these nine or 10 things well, you're really solving for 90% of the problem. And so um, I know that your question is like, what's the biggest threat? But from my side, usually it's just getting customers to just... Understand it's not quite as terrifying to put in a good security program um, as they may think. And if we do that, then we can start getting to the tools and the techniques and the processes that really help secure an organization. So I sort of start there. If you want me to talk about sort of the threats, I'm happy to do that, do that as well.
0: Well, that that actually will be my next question, but I'm really glad mm-hmm. that you talked about uh, it's really about getting started, and, yep. and getting that strategy and that plan together. Because I, I agree, that ends up then making it not so scary and, and not so formidable. Um, so, But let's talk about, if you could, what some of the... I mean, we hear a lot about ransomware, mm-hmm. phishing, but what is out there that we should be paying attention to? And how do we pay attention? Like, what are the danger signs? You know, a, a lot of people say, like, I won't open... An email from anyone I don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is actually that is actually very useful uh, a very useful habit that you have there so the the in the small medium business space over 80% of the attacks um, probably really closer to 90% are uh, financially driven attacks and so the goal is for the attacker to figure out a way to get money out of the organization um in the, um, the nation state, in the you know, alpha predator type attacks still are focused on um, large corporations um, or governments. However, the alpha predator type attacks, what we're seeing is that they can go broader much more quickly. So imagine that you're working for another government and you really have the best techniques out there in the world, and you're using those against a subset of companies. Um, those tools and techniques are learned very quickly by the adversaries and those can be used against small medium businesses in a broad manner now. And that's really one of the main things that's changed is, is these very sophisticated attacks get commoditized very quickly out into the broader um, adversarial ecosystem. And then they get used against small medium businesses as a, as a sort of a, a spray uh, methodology. And I think that's one thing that small media businesses don't understand is, is even as little as maybe six or seven years ago, they would sort of quote unquote have to be targeted, but in today's world, that's not the case. It's like there's a uh, there's you know a big board with holes in the board all over the place, and each of those holes represents a small small media business. And then the adversaries just roll marbles down the board and wait to see what marble falls into a hole. That's really what's happening. And so when we talk to small media businesses, they say, "Well, I don't really think um, there's n- there's nothing interesting that I have that a attacker would want." And we say they don't care they're not targeting you what they're doing is they're launching a campaign that's just a spray and pray and you can get caught up in that very easily and so the first thing is is the concept of i don't have anything that's interesting that's all gone away it's Mm -hmm. it's whether or not you're going to be one of the unlucky ones that gets you know the marble following the hole that you you know that's you and so that goes to the second piece then which is what are the types of attacks um, so if they're financially motivated, there's two primary buckets, um, and those are ransomware. Uh, and the ransomware attacks, I think the thing that people have to realize is they're they're just not fun. It's not just the money piece; it's the entire process. And and the closest analogy I can come to, Diane, I don't know if you've ever had your car towed. Um, oh yeah. But okay, thank you. It's, this is the closest analogy I can come to that is as universally applicable <laughs> as possible. <laughs> So the, the process of getting your car towed isn't just the three hundred dollars in cash you have to pay. It's the entire process of usually going down to a you know less savory part of town. Uh, you've got to, you feel like you're a criminal because you're talking to people behind bars. It's usually at a weird hour. You've got to go to an ATM to get cash. Like the entire process is just really unpleasant um, to get your tar- car out of hock, and that's sort of the same way with ransomware. Sure, you got to make this big payment. But you've got to you've got to work through a process with the insurance companies. You got to get lawyers involved. You got to have a, a breach coach. You have to have an incident response company. Like there's all these things that go along with it before you actually get to the you know unfun part of most likely having to pay uh, the money. So I really want to convey to the audience that it's just better to pay for the valet parking. Pay your five bucks uh, for the valet parking, and then then pay the three hundred dollars because you accidentally parked in the wrong location. Um, that is, that's why I tell everybody it's, it's, uh, cybersecurity these days is we can make it really cost effective They have really good security. It's, it's the whole reason why sold is in business. Uh, and it's just a better model than having to try to, uh, solve this problem after you've had, had a problem. And so ransomware is the first big one. The second one is something called BEC or ATO. Uh, so this is business email compromise or account takeover. And what this is really focused on is getting a hold of Scott McCrady's you know, credentials. So they want to they log into the network as Scott McCrady. Uh, they don't necessarily have to put anything malicious onto my device to do that. If they get a hold of my username and password, uh, get around, if I, have, if I don't have MFA turned on, they can multi-factor authentication. If I do, there's ways of, of spoofing it. Uh, and so once they're in as me, they can do a lot of things. They can start sending emails, pay this wire. Obviously, that's a very common one. Uh, Send this money to this location, go in and approve things in the banking systems. And so the second major attack that you see in small-medium business is this concept of account takeover, leading to different types of compromises that usually involve the payment or transfer of money. And so those ones are actually relatively difficult to stop unless you have some sophisticated means of telling that. When someone's logged in as Scott McGrady, they're not actually Scott McGrady. And the, and the joke I, I use is, you know, if somebody's logged in as Scott McGrady from Canada, it's 3 a.m. in the morning, uh, he is going to certain locations that he's never gone to in his life side the network. Uh, that could be me, but also very, you know, depending on what that person's doing, it could be somebody else. And so the ability to tell that the ho- odds are incredibly high that that's not me um, is really needed in small medium businesses. It's called user behavioral analysis and uh, almost nobody in the small medium business has that. And they don't think they need it again because they don't, they're not targeted, but 60% of your financial damages are coming out of account takeover right now because it's relatively easy for the actors to get that information. Once they're in the network as a important person, they can do a lot of uh, financial damage. And so um, there's, there's, there's definitely ways to combat this and there's definitely ways to combat it effectively. Uh, but again, it's one of those things that's ever changing and it's just difficult for small, medias, medium businesses to keep up and sort of be aware of how things are changing and what's happening today relative to a year or three years ago.
0: Right. Exactly. And I want to ask you a question about that in a minute, but I, I do mm-hmm. want to confirm what you're talking about. I, I get it that small businesses don't think they're a target, um, but I um, I'm on the board of an association and mm-hmm. every year the board, it doesn't turn completely over, but some people, their term will be up. And so they'll
1: mm-hmm.
0: roll off and other people run in every single year. The board members get an email asking them to pay or buy gift cards or something. And our president Mm -hmm. has to send an email to the board every year and say, do not open. Yep. Right. And it's just, they've got us on their clock or, you know, the marble, right. right? Yep. That hole, they've got it. And so they're just going to give it a shot every year and hope that someone isn't paying attention and doesn't think that's strange
1: so you're 100 correct and, and when i say generic uh, attacks that is the case but the, the adversaries actually do target certain um like we see it all the time in merger and acquisition so you're a three or four hundred seat company user company and you're you're getting purchased uh adversaries know that and they will go after that company pretty aggressively because they know that uh-huh. the purchasing company um will have a problem and yeah. so there are these triggers that happen that with organizations that that make the chance or make the odds significantly higher that they will be actually targeted versus more of a broad, um, being caught up in a broad uh, scale attack.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. So now let's talk about keeping up because it sometimes, it feels like it goes in waves. Like sometimes every day there'll be a story on the news about there's a new scam, there's a new whatever it is. And then it seems like maybe it gets quiet for a little while, but how does a small business owner keep up with the, this constantly changing landscape?
1: It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question. And again, it's sort of why we started Soul Cyber because it's actually relatively difficult to, to keep up with the changing landscape. And, and it does come in waves. And, and, and as an example, when the current Ukrainian conflict clicked off, uh, we saw a change in the attack patterns. Uh, coming out of you know that part of the world. And um, what a lot of people don't know, and candidly in small medium business, you don't really need to know, but a lot of the attackers are subcontracted out to government agencies at different times. Uh, and so they could be organized crime that actually is is out trying to make money, but at various times they could be co-opted into a government um, to go do um, hacks or attacks on, on behalf of the government. And so uh, these these waves of different types of attacks are not uh, you're accurate uh, in in feeling that uh, it also comes to to the tooling uh, and the types of tools and sometimes there's a new uh, type of tool or new system that is actually very effective and so you'll see attacks pick up <clears throat> based on you know the new tooling so um, so yes and, and it's kind of hard again for small media business to recognize when these waves happen or when the attack patterns change and so uh, as an example. Uh, malicious what we call the ability to put a piece of you know dirty code onto a machine that used to be a lot higher percentage of the attacks uh today that's about 40 percent of the attacks hmm. uh account takeover which is username and credentials and logging in as a person used to be a lower percentage of the attacks that's about 60 percent of the attacks and so it's it is challenging. Um like on our board uh we have a gentleman by the name of General Keith Alexander he's on two boards he's on ours and the Amazons and he helped start us cyber command so he he started the offensive and defensive capabilities for the us government and you know he knows i i, I live in the security space but he knows <laughs> even way more than i know right and and so there's these levels of of how much knowledge but the reason why he's on our board is because he feels really strongly about trying to help you know the mid market get secure and get better security in an easy and compelling manner because he's the first to say that it's just really hard for um, the everyday person to keep up on the changing, you know, um, tides of the you know yeah. security industry and what's happening out there, and it's overwhelming. I mean, there's forty five hundred technologies now in information security, approximately. Um, and so, again, for small medium business, how do you how do you like work your way through forty five hundred pieces of technology to figure out what do you need to secure your organization, and then find the people to do that and that's why this this overwhelming daunting and then nothing really happens i believe i think we're you know we're as much to blame for the industry the security industry is as much to blame for it as anyone because we it is overwhelming how much stuff we've built to try to protect organizations from from you know bad actors Mm -hmm. and it it can't be confusing and just sort of a a, a tidal wave of, of noise coming at uh these small medium businesses
0: right right Absolutely. And can you talk some about these chatbots and AI tools? Do they enhance the risk or are there things that we can be doing with them to minimize the risk?
1: Yeah, now that's a great, great question. Obviously, um, AI is on the top of everyone's mind right yeah. now. And, you know, candidly, it's very relevant to the security space. Hmm. There like like all things right we, we are in a constant constant offensive and defensive battle with uh, these actors there's um it, it never really it never really ends which is unfortunate but um it, there, there are ways to get ahead of it so when it comes to ai you're going to see relatively speaking the same pattern you've seen in other other types of attacks so going all the way back to the you know the virus days and then we got you know, intuitive detection systems, and you went, you know, you had firewall, you had, so so technology continues to evolve. And what we have um, is much more sophisticated, much more sophisticated than when I got in the industry, you know, 20, 25 years ago. And AI is going to be a very similar um, experience. And so what you're already seeing is AI being used on the defensive uh, standpoint. And you're also seeing it on an, an, on a, what would be the way of saying it, sort of a, education standpoint and so the way the easiest way to think about it from a defensive standpoint would be uh, again if you think about user behavior user behavioral analysis the ability to track that we've been using sort of AI and, and machine learning around that for probably eight years or so and and it's very effective and so you'll continue to see that advance uh, to be able to detect really unusual types of activities from the user that gives high levels of confidence that uh, they're being spoofed. The second thing is around the education. So there is so much esoteric information in security that sometimes finding the piece of information you're looking for. So imagine that you're trying to deal with an attack, or you see something on a machine, and you're having to do some level of incident response. Uh, most companies obviously work with somebody like like us at Soul Cyber, but. If it's going to be easier using AI to find to be able to put in a piece of code or um, a summary or an example of the situation and get back a very practical real answer, and so think of it as like um, super super boosted Google searching or Reddit searching for like attacks. Uh, so from a defender standpoint, the ability to like understand what's happening, uh, get validation, and understand how to do something about it is going to be much easier going forward because. Uh, that data will be able to be consumed, aggregated, and searched in a much more comprehensive fashion.
0: I see. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm glad I asked the question. Um, now, um, let's talk about the investment because i'm sure that's another thing listeners are thinking that that it's going to be more expensive to safeguard against cyber attacks than it is to take a chance so mm. what would you say are like some practical cost effective ways that small businesses can protect themselves against these cyber threats
1: so there's, uh, there's two really different ways of going about protecting yourself. And the first way has been the way we've been doing it for 20 to 25 years. And that is a organization. Uh, they, can work, they can either figure it out themselves or they can work with consultant. They say, okay, these are the things that you need to do to protect yourself. And this is what you can do over the next whatever, two to three years, right? Here's the budget. Usually that involves a list of, of tools that they need to go buy. And then they need to have, you know, one or more humans to <laughs> deploy them, manage them, keep them updated, and then look at the data coming off of those tools. And so um, there's different types of, of compelling events to go do that. And so one is like, hey, we need cyber insurance. Maybe a company needs more cyber insurance. They should have it, by the way. Uh, makes total sense. If you do that, then you're going to need a certain set of tools to... Um, to just even get insurance. Mm -hmm. And so phishing simulation security awareness training, uh, this is super basic. It's basically testing the people in the organization on a consistent basis around whether or not they fall for, you know, fake emails. Uh, And then you're constantly trying to like move that up. Uh, You know, endpoint technology, you you know, sophisticated endpoint technology, that's really good at finding malicious code uh, and and having the ability to respond to it. Um, Advanced email, uh, the ability to like see... Really advanced email attacks coming through. So imagine that the, the joke I always call it's like hygiene. Email hygiene is like keeping your house clean. Uh, what you're trying to do is keep the toys off the floor so that when you step on them, you know, and you don't fall, you don't fall over, right? Uh, you don't you don't step on the Lego <laughs> and, and 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 hurt yourself and fall over at three in the morning. That's really email hygiene. That's keeping spam out. But what you're looking for now is that somebody obviously gets in the house, gets in as email or is sending really sophisticated emails, and trying to detect that. So there's all these all these steps that are what we call we call them foundational, and the model up until today has the company just has to go do it. They just have to go buy it. They have the people. We started Soul Cyber to actually change that model. Um, what we've done we have built something called foundational coverage, and and what it does is it has all the foundational components, nothing more that you need, um, nothing less to secure you know ninety percent of the organizations on the planet, hmm. and. It comes in a service. Um, it's all using tools that are best in class. These are all um, tools that companies can go buy. We tell companies exactly what we're using. Uh, it comes with all the service that deploys it, manages it, and finds bad actors and, and kicks them out of the network. And we we uh, on the back end, we handle all the finances. So we just charge per user per month. And so if you're you know a 100-employee company, you can just buy the service from us. And as far as I know, we're the only ones out there that are doing it. Um, And instead of having to go build this all and then hire the people and then outsource part of it, our view is that most everybody's going to go to this model, which is basically a security program as a subscription. And it really makes it easy for companies. We can be up and running in days. uh, And it's very cost effective. It tends to be about half the price of trying to go do it yourself. And so our view is that the model of... um, And Diane, maybe the easiest way to describe it was... Like 10 years ago, we all had like banks and banks and banks, thousands of, of servers sitting in data centers that we all managed. And we had software sitting on them. Uh, we had an orchestration layer. And then I had people that managed all those servers. Now we take all that and move it up to the cloud. And I have people that manage the cloud. And so all the servers, all the software, all the orchestration layer, all that's being done by AWS or Azure or Google or whomever. And our view is the same way, which is, this process of buying like all the software up front and the servers up front and having the people manage it. And then if something bad happens, having the same people who aren't response experts trying to go into an office at, you know, 2am on a Saturday and trying to fix it. That whole model we just view is, is not really long-term sustainable. Uh, And then also our service gets updated every six months based on what's happening in the attack landscape. And so staying abreast of the latest um, attacks and, needing, if anything needs to change to find and detect those attacks and respond to them um, is included in the service. So just like AWS will upgrade servers when they need to and bandwidth, we do the same from a security standpoint. And so there's two models, which is build it and run it yourself. <clears throat> we think that that model is going to go the way, go away in the mid-market. And the second model is, is what we have. And I'm sure more and more companies will try to come out and copy it, but it's just buy a service that has all the stuff you need and just get back to your day job.
0: Yeah, boy, right. I mean, <laughs> I think only people who really enjoy this kind of thing <laughs> should necessarily be
1: doing. Well, that. there's a lot of people that are out there that really do enjoy it, but and so it's funny we do talk to companies and they like playing with the toys. So they like buying something new every year and playing with it, which is fine. I, I'm an engineer by trade, so I, I totally get that. Uh, but there's this really boring phrase that we call concept of operations which basically means how are you going to run your program in a consistent, repeatable, and effective manner? And it's just one of those things that's incredibly not sexy, but it's also like the most important thing you have to build, which is like, how are we going to do this? And that's really where you see a lot of the... Even a lot of the larger companies fail. You know, how do do large companies get breached? A lot of times, not all the time, sometimes it's really sophisticated attacks, but oftentimes they're just not running their playbook the way they're supposed to run the playbook. And again, it's not... You know, super interesting to talk about this, you know, concept of operations. But what you're really looking to do is get really effective tool uh, tools put together and hung together with a layer of services on top of it, so that at any point in time we can see when something bad's happening and respond to it and kick them back out.
0: Right, right, exactly. Wow, Scott, I re- I really appreciate this information, and and um, it definitely gives the listeners. Something to think about that, you know, to think about all this, I think, in a more empowering sort of way. So I I greatly appreciate that. And will you tell the listeners how they can find you, please?
1: Sure, of course. And I I do love that term empowering, Diane, because I really think that's what what they need to think about is just we're very low pressure on the sales side. If they have any questions, they can contact us or they can contact, you know, somebody else they trust. Um, But we really want to try to lower that, that fear and that, like, it's a black box that's really scary to go into. Uh, and and give people some comfort that they can get this solved and get this headache and worry off their plates. Uh, And so if you have any questions, feel free to ping us at at soulcyber.com. That's S-O-L-C-Y-B-E-R, soulcyber.com. And uh, happy to have a conversation and help anybody out that has questions.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day.
1: Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed.